Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid the podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So come on. Come on to Anchor. Get your podcast started. It's the best way to podcast. It's easy. It's free. Can't be free. Come on over right now. And you get paid to podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me in a diverse community of podcasts already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Oh, yeah. What's going on, everybody? This beautiful Monday morning. How y'all doing? I'm your host, Grand Hefe. As always, no co-host today. My co-host will be back tomorrow. If y'all listen to this on YouTube, smash that like button for us. Apple iTunes, leave us a rating. Google Spotify, uh, Google Play, however you listen to it. We want to thank you. Welcome to the show today. We got a good show for y'all today. Well, I got a good show for y'all today. That is, man, this is going to be a good show. It's that feel-good music, y'all. If y'all like that, music by DJ Drip No Slip, major underscore drip on on Instagram. That's major underscore drip on Instagram. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. I got a really good show for you guys today. Apologize for last week. I know it wasn't on. Um, That was my fault on Friday. Uh, I just totally, you know, I had a brain fart on Thursday. Which is the same reason why uh, he's not here today. You know, my co-host, he's flying back to Virginia where he's from. Uh, those of you who listen to the show, obviously, you know, he's, he stays in Washington State now. But uh, he will be back on tomorrow. But, man, this is going to be this is gonna be a good show for y'all today. Uh, once again, we apologize for, um, for last week uh, for only coming on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But this week, that will change. We will be back to our normal scheduled program five days a week so let's go ahead and kick off this show man the lakers uh have lost four of their last five uh they are in you know i don't know what's what's going on with those guys but whatever it is i came on here and i said it last week i said it a week before i'm not so sure that the lakers are going to make the playoffs i'm not so sure that just being able to say that we got LeBron James anymore is enough. I mean, yeah, he's he's putting up his numbers. He's, you know, 31 points, 27 points, 28 points. He's doing that, 13 assists or 16 assists, I believe it was the other night. Uh, but for me, nobody wants to see that. You know, I, when a lot of people are looking at these games, they are looking at it as if LeBron James is quitting on the Los Angeles Lakers. And under normal circumstances – I probably wouldn't have said this, but I think this is a perfect situation to say it. And I think it's true. You know, uh, the the fact that he just looks uninterested. Now, these last few games, he has looked a little bit better as far as his intensity on defense. Still not really guarding anybody. I, I, I still don't know if I'm ready to say that this is his fault if they don't get into the playoffs because let's 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 go back and look at the tale of events of things right when he got hurt on christmas day they were in the fourth seed one one spot out of the third seed get it 
You know, early in the season, I've had a conversation with a guy. He told me, oh, that was early in the season, so it didn't matter. Like, how, how doesn't it matter? You know, and then they throw out these 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 memes that or these little things. Oh, Kobe once took the seven and whatever the seventeen and blah 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 Lakers to the you know to to the playoffs as if you know that's to say LeBron has been playing all year. And that's why I don't think the criticism that he's getting right now, as far as them making it or don't making it to or don't make it to the playoffs, I think that part of the criticism is unfair. To be honest, you know. Um, and I think it's unfair because even if they were winning, let's just say they were winning these games, you know, let's say instead of losing four out of five, they were they they had won four out of five. It wouldn't have mattered. Why? Because the Spurs are steady winning. The Clippers are steady winning. You know, we heard a quote from Patrick Beverly. Uh, I seen a quote from Patrick Beverly said, I've been trying to tell, you know, MF that we that, that the Clippers are the best team in L.A., uh, Ivan Zubak came out and said, well, the culture is different over here in the Clippers uh, than it was when I was with the Lakers. Like, these guys are locked in every single possession. And, and, and when I was with the Lakers, they wasn't. So, you know, I'm not ready to say that it's LeBron's fault if they don't get in because they needed a lot of help. And I came on here and I said that that very first week after the All-Star break, you know, uh, posed the question, uh, will they make it to the playoffs? Obviously, everybody's been talking about it. And I came on here and I said, it's going to be tough. Or what percent of the blame would it be on LeBron if they didn't make it to the playoffs? And I came on here and I said 0%. And I had said 0% then because at that point, when he came back, they were already in the 10th spot out of the playoffs. They were already out of the playoffs. So that means to get back into the playoffs, you not only need to win, you need other teams in front of you to lose. You know, and and, and that's why I, I said it's going to be tough, especially playing their schedule. Yeah, the Clippers traded away all of their, their big people. Well, they got rid of Tobias Harris, Bobin. You know, Tobias Harris was, was averaging 21 a game, you know, as a leading scorer. And then, you know, because if they fall, if they don't make it into the playoffs, then they're going to get that lottery pick. If they make it to the playoffs, they can kiss that goodbye. So they want to lose, but they keep on winning. You know, they, they just keep winning. And that's why I said I didn't think the Lakers was going to be able to handle that uh, or, or you know, weather that storm and get into the playoffs because they needed so much help. They need the Kings also to lose, which who who is also in front of them. Now they four and a half games back of that AC. That's going to be tough. You know, uh, I don't see the Spurs falling out of the playoffs. I just don't. Their best case is the Clippers, and right now it just don't seem like the Clippers want to lose. I think that organization um, probably wanted to lose, but now they're winning, and it's like we can't stop. So that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't put a lot of that blame on LeBron because we were in the playoffs when I was playing, and I have no doubt in my mind that had he not got hurt, they would still be in the in the playoffs right now. There's no way I see a team with LeBron James going six and twelve. Also, not only that, not only the, I don't see a LeBron James team that's going to go from the fourth seed to the tenth seed with LeBron playing. So that's that's why I think some of this unfair criticism gets put upon LeBron because people make it seem like oh oh, and I you know you, you see all the stuff flying. LeBron went to the LeBron went to the to the to the to the finals eight 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 straight times in the East 
and then he won't even make the playoffs in the West, as if to say he played this whole season and it's his fault why they're currently not in the playoffs. Now, this is where I will place blame on LeBron James. Since he's been back, he's looked uninterested. Since he's been back, he looked like he don't care about playing. Since he's been back, he's been more worried about calling out his teammates than actually playing basketball. Since he, since he came back, I only see a LeBron that only care about his projects and all this other stuff that he got going on. You know, low management, you know, but he's in the studio with two chains, you know. That, like, like how? How are you focused on winning? How are you focused on winning when, when, when instead of playing basketball with your teammates, you're, you are, you are in the studio late night with two chains and they call it load management. You know, I get on Instagram right now and I look at a quote, uh, uh, from, you know, uh, Patrick Beverly and he says, I'll tell y'all right now, we're the best team in LA. These guys got confidence that that goes back to what I was just saying right now. It, it goes back to what I was saying right now that they probably wanted to lose because they wanted to get that lottery pick. But one, as professional athletes, you ain't just finna start tanking. That's 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 not gonna be part of your repertoire. Or that's not something that that you would wanna get inside your mental, you know. Losing all the time, losing all the time, losing all the time. So they probably wanted to lose. I'm sure they wanted to lose. And then, and then now you're winning. And now it's a different tune. Everybody's singing a different tune right now. And the Lakers are in trouble. I'm telling you right now, the Lakers are in trouble and they will not make the playoffs. Will not make the playoffs. They will miss the playoffs. I know there's been talks about whether or not the Lakers should shut LeBron down. I don't agree with that. I don't care about his future. I don't care. You signed to play basketball and shutting it down because you're not winning. I I ain't with that. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess in a in a sense, if you're not gonna be in the playoffs, I guess you can go ahead and rest him. But I'm still not with that. You go out there and you play. I just I like. I don't, I don't like hearing that. The same thing about Zion. You know, when they talk about they, that Zion should sit. Why? Why should Zion sit? Why should he sit? That's the case. Why not R.J. Barrett? Because to me, R.J. Barrett is the best player on that team. He shows it every night. Zion is the guy that gets the flash. He, he, he gets the hype. Rightly so. Not saying he, that, 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 he, that he doesn't deserve it. But for me... When I look at who's the best player on that team, for me, the best player on that team is R.J. Barrett, and he's the guy that 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 get these guys going. Now, Zion is that glue piece, and we're going to talk about that later on, um, about whether or not Duke needs Zion going forward. But make no make no mistake about it, R.J. Barrett is is the best player on that team. No doubt about it. No matter how you, no matter how you slice it, R.J. Barrett is the best player on that team. So he should just shut it down, right? He made his commitment just like Zion, and you made that commitment knowing that you wasn't going to get paid. 
when you had other options that you could have took and got paid. If you're if you're good, they're going to pick you anyways. You know, it's not like people didn't know who Zion was. So it's not like people wasn't going to be able to follow Zion wherever he went. But you chose to make 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 that commitment. Now you got to stick with it. And that and that's how I feel about that. Same with LeBron. I don't care. You like shutting it down for what? This is a chance for you to get better because you ain't really played good all year. Yeah, you're still averaging about 27 points a game. But you're LeBron. Of course you're going to get that. You can get that in your sleep. Go out there and show me that you want to play. Go out there and show me that you're interested. You know, the other night against Phoenix, then you lose against Phoenix, which is the worst team in the league. Then you, you, you know, you're so frustrated that you're trying to inbound the ball and you just throw the ball in the back of the uh, backboard. Come on, man. Like, like, this is a different LeBron that I've never seen before. This is LeBron that people have have talked about, that people have said that, that, that he's like, but he's actually putting this stuff on display right now, and I, I don't like it. Uh, moving on to some, M- to some NFL news, Kyler Murray uh, went to the combine, obviously, officially weighs in at 5'10", 207, um, and I don't think this is a problem. There's been a laundry list of, uh, and I lost my notes, I had, I had written down a lot of quarterbacks, you know, um, short, Baker Mayfield is 6'1". Russell Westbrook is 5'11". Doug Flutie was 5'10". You know, uh, there's there's been – Joe Theismann was a short quarterback. There, Michael Vick. There's been plenty of um, of short quarterbacks in the NFL. So it, it's not as if he would be the first to do it. I think 5'10 is, is a decent height. You're going to run a, a whatever team to get him. Obviously, you're probably going to run a lot of – uh, stuff out of the pocket. Drew Brees is another one. Uh, you know, they get a, they they, they kind of move him out of the pocket a little bit to kind of help him out. I think that's what a lot of teams are going to have to do. With whichever team draft him, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to design a playbook specifically for him, design a playbook that Oklahoma run. It's not like Oklahoma out here um, running out 5'10 uh, offensive linemen. No, they got big boys too. So and he he he's done it his whole life. He's been it's not it's not as if he's he hasn't been tall his whole life. He's been tall his whole life. So I'm sure he knows he knows how to adapt whatever. And and these guys get paid a lot of money. These coaches to uh, to figure this stuff out. Whatever team he goes to, they're gonna have a guy. We're gonna specifically get a play, playbook for Kyler Murray. He did not throw at the combine, and this is something that I talked about. Uh, with OG about two, two, it was about two months, maybe about a month and a half ago. And, and, and when we talked about him going to the combine and, uh, and I asked the question, should he throw? And, and I said, no, uh, OG said, yeah, but, and this is the reason why one, he was already going to be at a disadvantage already because of height. What if he went out there and had a bad day throwing with guys that he's never thrown to before? That 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 could hurt his stock. His stock could only be be hurt. Now, guys like Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, and all these guys, they their stock can only go up. Their stock can only go up. Last year, Baker Mayfield wasn't the unquestioned number one pick. So he had to throw. He he had to gain from this. Kyler Murray has everything to lose from this. One, because I'm already a short quarterback, and that's already going to be a big notch against me right now of whether or not teams should pick me because I am a small quarterback. And we know the narrative in the in the NFL that small quarterbacks don't make it, you know. But if I'm small and I go out there and I have a bunch of bad balls, 
Now my stock is going way, way down. I didn't almost burn that bridge with baseball. So I almost can't go there. He has no choice but to not throw and wait till his pro day where he can be throwing to 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 uh to 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 Marquise Hollywood Brown to his own receivers where he's going to look good. They're going to make him comfortable. Okay, all the throws that you need to make in the NFL, we're going to do this right here. Similar to what they did for Johnny Manziel a few, uh, when he was coming out. Don't throw it to come on. Just go to the combine. We're going to throw our pro day. We're going to make everything easy for you. We're going to make it look all nice. We're going to play the music. We're going to put you in a helmet. What most teams don't, helmet and shoulder pads, what most teams don't do. And we're going to let you throw to your own receivers. I, I think that's probably what, what, Kyler Murray and his agent was thinking, go to the combine, answer all the questions, do uh, get your height and weight. We're not doing anything else. We're going to do everything else at our com- at, at, at pro day where, we, where we're more comfortable and we can do stuff on our own. So I honestly don't think not throwing hurt him. I think that probably helped him because now that strip that they're going to have for him at Oklahoma, oh, man, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be all easy passes, passes that they know he can make, but big-time throws that, that NFL scouts would be like, oh, man, that's a pretty good throw right there. And, 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 and that's what they're going to do. So uh, I don't think throwing is going to hurt him. I don't think his height is going to hurt him either. I think either way, he's going to be fine. Uh, and staying right here in the NFL of a more established star, uh, Antonio Brown, man, has been in the news lately. He's been on the barbershop. He's done ESPN interviews talking about the Steelers. And, and before I, I get started on Antonio Brown, I'm going to say this. He's right, okay? He, he is right. He is right. Everything he said, he is right. And I get it, you know. Um, I get it, you know. He, he, he felt betrayed. He's mad, although he say that he he's he's not mad. He's mad because all the stuff that he said, I've said this months ago. Right after right after that Steelers Broncos game, when Big Ben threw the interception, he said, "Oh, Antonio Brown should have ran a flatter route." You know, um, James Washington should have caught that pass. And by the way, that was a heck of a try for James Washington. Di- excuse me, diving, trying to make a trying to make a catch and hitting the ground after you dove, that's not easy to keep that ball there. You know, uh, but only a quarterback would say, oh, he should have caught that ball. He should have hung on to it. Then you say, oh, Antonio Brown should have ran a flat around. And I came on here that next day after after that Bronco loss, and I said, well, well, Ben, you threw the ball to a defensive lineman. It's not like you threw the ball to a linebacker, you know. That would probably indicate that he didn't run it flat because probably obviously there was already like on a two or three yard line. You want to run that in front of the linebackers, you know. Uh, but when you when you the ball got picked off by a defense alignment. So that tells me regardless of whether he ran it flat or not, how flat did you want him to run it? You know. Defense alignments are picking off passes. How how flat do you want him to run it? And Antonio Brown just came out and said that. Like, you, you say run the, run the route flatter, but you're throwing it to a defense alignment. That's something that we've all had, had, had said. So it's not, as if he's, he's not, it's not as if he's saying something that's different. Even James Colbert uh, came out and said, basically, 
uh, y'all sit down, shut up, and do what Big Ben tell y'all to do. And if you don't, we'll get rid of you. That's that. That's that. That's basically what he said. Nobody else matters but Ben because he's the only one on this team that got a Super Bowl ring. To quote him, nobody else got a Super Bowl ring but Big Ben. So I feel like guys need to listen to him. Basically, you're saying like just shut up and do what Ben say, and you know. And everything will be okay. And I get it. Antonio Brown, he's frustrated. But I just think he's going overboard with it now. You said your piece. Now just leave it alone, man. Like, just just leave it alone. You, you don't have to do it anymore. We get it. Everybody know that Big Ben is the problem. You know? Only people only people that's, that's, that's in Stiller land are mad about this. Everybody outside of Stiller land already know what's up. And Stiller fans are emotional because, I mean, it's directly dealing with them. They ain't thinking clearly. So, you you said your piece, you know. Your numbers speak for for themselves. We know you don't play. Everybody say you a workout warrior. Nobody's questioning that. But a lot of the antics you have done also has caused this. You know, I'm not so mad about the Facebook Live video. I think people are more or more or more mad about when he went on Facebook Live because of because of what Mike Tomlin was saying as he was going on Facebook Live. Anything else, if they were just, you know, normal stuff, it'd be fine. Guys do this all the time in the locker room, you know? God, God, guys go on Instagram live and all that other stuff all the time from the locker room. But it's a problem because, because it was, one, it was a problem because it was Antonio Brown. And when you have a track record already, you know, everything you do is magnified at, at, at that point, even the smaller stuff. Go back to Johnny Manziel, when Johnny Manziel was in college. All this guy was doing was going to frat parties, stuff that normal college kids do. And that was getting publicized as if that was the worst thing ever. As if no other player has ever gone to a party. <laughs> like, never. But it was Johnny Mizell, you know, it was a big deal. All he did was go to a Cavs game. But since it was Johnny Mizell, his family was already rich, you know. By the way, I didn't got a ticket down there in Kerrville, you know. Um, yeah, that I was I was flying through 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 Kerrville and they they pulled me over. And matter of fact, I got two tickets that time. Got a ticket in Louisiana and then got one in Kerrville. Well, Kerrville first, obviously. But uh, anyways, everything you do is magnified when really it's not even a big deal, you know. He went on Facebook Live. Woohoo. You know, he was trying to bring his fans in on a, on a beautiful experience. And everybody was mad because of what Mike Towner was saying that we were going to kick the whatever out of, out of New England. And they lost. Like, like, that's not Antonio Brown's fault. Like, you know, so I think that situation got, got overblown. Uh, he's not the first player to ever kick a water thing. Tom Brady does it all the time and cuts down the sideline and cuts at Josh McDaniels and nobody say anything because it's Tom Brady. You see what I'm saying? You see the difference in, in the track record? Guys like OBJ and Dez Bryant, they do it. Oh, and Antonio Brown, oh, they're, dis they're a distraction. But when Tom Brady do it, look how passionate he is. See the difference? You know, these guys are distractions when they showing emotions on, on, on the sideline. Tom Brady, that's passion. That's the same thing with LeBron James. LeBron James yelled at his teammates, oh, he thinks he's better than everybody. He's this and that. Jordan punched teammates, yelled at teammates, oh, look at the passion that guy got. We do this to people that we don't like. We, you know, where we try to fit these unfit 
unfair narratives on guys. So I get it, Antonio Brown. I really do get it. But just leave it alone, bro. We got you. Leave still the land alone. They going to they gonna recover whenever they recover. But you can't make them. No matter what you say, they're going to believe what they're going to believe regardless. Point blank, period. Moving on to college athletics, um, as as referenced uh, earlier in the A block. Does Zion, Zion missed another game uh, on Saturday. He missed the Wake Forest game. I mean, the Miami game. Uh, there's uncertainty about whether or not he's going to miss the Wake Forest game. Obviously, they have one more game uh, after the Wake Forest game, and that's the North Carolina game on Saturday. Uh, he missed he missed another game. I don't think that Duke need necessarily need Zion to win a championship. Now, that's not to say that it's not going to be hard. That's not to say that you know that it's just is 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 for sure going to happen. But what I'm saying is they have a good enough team with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. People got to remember, this is a college basketball. All you need is one or two stars, and they can carry you to a championship. Not to mention Duke is probably going to get a, a number one seed. I'm pretty sure that in the NCAA tournament. And they won't be in a in the tournament or in a bracket with teams like Virginia or Villanova or North Carolina. I think they're going to have a pretty good role to get into to, to another Final Four and to another national championship. Now, Zion will be widely, you know, appreciated if he would come back. Let's let let me make that clear. You know, I think if they had Zion, it'll be no question Duke is winning the title. You see what I'm saying? No question Duke wins the title. But without him, I think they still have a shot because one, they have Coach K, who is the greatest coach to ever live. Some people might say John Wooden, uh, Gino Oriema. I get it, but I like my guy, Coach K. Um, they got a Coach K. They got R.J. Barrett, who I talked about earlier, who I think is the best player on that team, who has the most skill set. You know, Zion is nice. Zion is a slasher, though. You know, if Zion was a shooter, I think Zion would have already came back. If Zion was Cam Reddish, he would already be back playing. Because he don't have to rely on his legs to be to be his main source of of of, of how good he is. You can still shoot on a ba- on a on a on a decent bad knee, you know, depending on how bad it is. I don't think it's that bad, but when your whole game is predicated upon high flying above the rim, uh, just pure athleticism, you need your legs. I talked about this earlier in the year uh, before the season started. And I said, this is the one thing that could hurt Zion. You know, uh, Matthew Lyle, uh, we've talked about this before. He said, he, you know, he, 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 he said the same thing. When your legs are your main source of how you get buckets, you cannot even have the slightest lower leg injury. Look at LeBron right now. His whole game is predicated upon being powerful when he has the ball as far as his, his scoring. Now, he, he, he's able to still be effective because he can shoot it a little bit and his passing skills are, are, are so dynamic. 
you know, Zion isn't there yet with his shooting or with his passing ability. His whole game is I need to blow by you and I and I need to dunk on you. Where LeBron can kind of play more of a finesse game, but you see how much that injury has hurt LeBron. He doesn't look the same. I'm not saying he's still hurt. I, I won't give him that excuse. But what I'm saying is you can tell once you get an injury to your to your lower body, and that's how you and, and that's how you you make your money, then you get a guy like LeBron. I'm kind of sick here, so if you guys hear that, hear that, you know. Sound like I'm, I'm nasaling in the uh in, in the mic. That's 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 what that is. But I don't necessarily think that Duke needs Zion to win a title. I think they still have enough to win a title. Now they're gonna need guys like like Jack White uh, to hit shots. Delorier. They're gonna need him to play a lot better. Uh, you know, but Marquise Bolden. They're gonna need him to play a lot better. Go wire. But I think they have enough pieces to win a title in college basketball because all you need is a few stars in any in, in even in any basketball, any level of basketball, even the NBA. You got about two stars. You can you can make something happen. Now, you still have to face the Warriors. But what I'm saying is if the Warriors wasn't who they are, two stars in the NBA could get it done. You know, let's you know, that's let's be clear about that. But they don't need Zion. But if they had him, the role would definitely be much easier. Some more NFL news. Nick Foles is uh, expected to be signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think this is a brilliant move by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get a proven guy, a, a guy who, who who's played in big games. And that's really what you need Nick Foles for, you know, the big games. It's not as if last year... Or two years ago when they won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, it's not as if they won it in spite of uh, Nick Foles. No, they won it because of Nick Foles. Nick Foles was 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 instrumental all all throughout those playoffs and in the Super Bowl where he had three touchdowns. You know, so I think the Jacksonville Jaguars getting a guy like Nick Foles maybe will help the morale that they have with. Um, with the team, the defense, obviously not wanting to play because of, of Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler. Obviously, those those two guys are not guys that I would want to be having uh, on my team as my starting quarterback. I think getting a guy like Nick Foles can help control the offense. You get a a, a pro, you uh, and a veteran. You know, it's not like he's a rookie. You don't have to you don't have to uh, put your kid gloves on for for this guy. He's been around the block. He know what it is. Maybe that defense would be really, really inspired to be the defense that they were two years ago when they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game, when they carried Blake Bortles to the to the AFC Championship game. Uh, because I think that's all they were missing. You know, when you're losing and you're doing everything you can and you're, and you're giving the ball back to the offense and they're doing nothing, you know, you're winning games 6-0. Six 6-0. to zero. Six to zero. No NFL game should be six to zero the way that they're allowed to score nowadays for the offense. Like you, if you're a little bit good, you should be able to play in the NFL or score in the NFL because the rules are so lax. So Nick Foles, this would be a good move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, And they're in a division that's very, very winnable. You know, that AFC South division, that's a, that's a division that's very, very winnable or a division that's very, very, possible to get a a a a wild card 
So I think this is a good move by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team that's been struggling outside of uh, L.A. is the Boston Celtics. Lost another one the other day, uh, yet last night, fifth straight. Oh, man, this team has so many problems. But if I had to choose one problem, if I had to choose one reason why this team is not playing the way that they should be playing, and that is Kyrie Irving. And let me take you guys back. If you remember on this very show right here, Unpopular Opinion, At the beginning of the season, in all of last year during the playoffs, I said this team would get worse with Kyrie Irving coming back. Now, I know that's going to sound a bit hypocritical for a lot of you guys who, who just recently started uh, watching the show and, and you've been hearing me on the, on the Boston Celtics train. Let me explain myself. I think the Boston Celtics is the best team in the East right now. Uh, from starting lineup to the bench, I think they're the deepest, you know. So that's why I think talent-wise, it, it'll be hard to beat them four times in a row. But reality is, you have a, I said this before, you know, you can go back and check the tapes. Having a guy like Kyrie Irving on your team messes up all of the team chemistry. Last year in, in those playoffs and when Kyrie Irving went down a little bit after the All-Star break, when he shut it down for like the last 20-some games of the year, the ball movement from this team was so much better. And I say this all the time, you know, why do you think teams play much better when the star player is not there outside of the Lakers because the Lakers team is trash? But... Why do you think the the star the the play, the team play better when the star is out? Because now there's nobody to defer to. Now everybody can showcase their talent. I don't have to worry about dang. Okay, I got to get the ball back to Kyrie. I don't have to do that. I can showcase what I am. And last year you got to see that with Jason Tatum. Last year you got to see that with Jalen Brown. Last year you got to see that with Terry Rozier. Last year you got to see that with Marcus Smart, Marquise Morris, uh, Horford. All these guys got to take turns getting getting theirs. The ball mo- the ball movement was 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 so flawlessly. And then you add Kyrie Irving to that mix, a guy who's predominantly a a ball stopper. And when things go bad, he only know let me go get buckets. Now that's a good thing that you got a guy that's fearless. He's one of the best closers in in the NBA right now. To me, I always say he's the best point guard in the NBA. People laugh at me, but he could do everything anybody else could do. Kyrie Irving can play defense. He just doesn't try. Just like James Harden can play defense. I've seen him play defense. Go back and look at last year's Western Conference Final, how James Harden was playing defense, and tell me that James Harden can't play defense. These guys can do it. They just don't want to. But I look at Kyrie Irving. To me, I think he's the best point guard in the NBA. But he's also a cancer because of his play style. His Brad Stevenson play style, Brad Stevens play style is let everybody move the ball, let's work the ball, let's get the best shot. Kyrie Irving is give me the ball and I am your best shot. So 
Not that it's a bad thing. It just doesn't work well with the Boston Celtics. Now, I still think in the playoff series, it's going to be hard for any team to beat them four games, regardless of, of what's going on right now. You know, you can get distracted from game to game, city to city. I understand that. Seen another quote from, from Kyrie Irving when he was walking into the stadium. You know, he said he's not going to miss this bleak when he when he's done playing. You know, he he he's tired of it, man. He he's tired of the media, you know, everyday the stories, and I get it, you know. He he's he's tired of it. And, and and I think that's the problem with the Boston Celtics. I think guys are fed up with Kyrie Irving. They just are not saying it right now. They don't think he's a good leader. And that's the reason why the team is is is, is playing bad right now. Also, you got um you got um Gordon Hayward playing 27 minutes a game, only giving you 11 points. Maybe it's time to sit him on the bench. Maybe it's time to let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown get some more burn. You know, I understand the loyalty. You coached him when he was in college. But he's not doing what he used to do. And right now, you should be about winning. All last year, all we heard was Brad Stevenson is the best coach. Uh, Brad Stevens is the best coach in uh, in the NBA. Oh, he he's 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 next to pop. He's this and he's that. Well, why are we ain't hearing that this year? If he's such a great coach, why they in the scare right now? Why he's still playing Gordon Hayward and he's only giving you eleven points a game? Why is that? I'm not hearing about the genius of 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 Brad Stevenson right now. So I don't want to hear later. I don't. Last year, y'all blew my ears off with with, with, with how great of a coach this guy is. He's he's the he's the next coming of Phil Jackson. I don't think Phil Jackson is that either. But he's the next coming of Phil Jackson. Oh man, this guy's just genius. We was talking about him last year instead of the actual Boston Celtics team. We were talking about how how brilliant Brad Stevens was to be able to do this without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward with a bunch of young guys. We didn't give no credit to the guys. This year, where's that at? Where's that at? And you got Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward back. Where's that best coach of the year at now, Brad Stevens? I don't see it. But that's going to be it for today's show, guys. I want to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Uh, continue to download the podcast. Uh, give us five-star rating on Apple iTunes. Um, get, leave us a like on, on, on YouTube. OG Rob, bro, I see you, bro. Get that uh, taken care of. We'll be back tomorrow with a good show for y'all. Thank you guys for downloading the podcast.